0: everyone thank you so much for tuning in i am so honored that you would listen to our podcast this is good morning ladies with candy Bryan, and i feel like it should be candy Bryan and friends because i have friends on the line in this season of you know christmas and holidays i think it's a time where we really focus on family and loved ones so it was appropriate to have a series on relationships and so i was looking for couples who would share their heart couples who have already you know been transparent and and lay their lives out for other people to be healed. And whether they're married or divorced or single and about to be married, I just believe that God is leading people to this podcast so that they could share, so that you could be healed. So I want to thank each and every listener for opening up your heart and your mind and spending your time to hear these stories. And we pray that it would bring healing. So thank you again for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan and Greg King and Lydia King would you guys say hello to our listeners
1: hello hello thank you so much for having us
0: oh absolutely and I'm so happy we got to chat a little bit before we started to record the podcast because you know it just I've known Lydia for a very long time but you know sometimes we lose we lose touch and we both have so much going on so I'm just it, it's like sometimes there's no time and space once you reconnect with someone and just hearing you guys before we started this, I'm I'm already blown away. So all of you listeners, you will be so blessed by this conversation. I don't even know if you're Mm -hmm. ready to to absorb and take in all of the goodness that God has been bestowing on this family. It's really amazing. So um, before we get started with our chat, I'm going to open us up in prayer as we do just to Allow the Lord to have His way in this. So, God, I thank you. I thank you for the kings, God. I thank you for their marriage. I thank you for their ministry, for their family. I thank you, God, for their willingness to be vessels, to be used. And I pray for each and every listener that someone is clicking on this podcast. They didn't mean to. It was maybe even accidental, God, but it's not an accident. There are no coincidences. I thank you that you will speak truly, speak through us, Holy Spirit, have your way. And our goal, Father, is that hearts and minds, relationships, and lives would be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So Lydia and I go way back, way back. <laughs> um, I I think we still think that we're young and we are, you know, we're as young as we feel. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> so I won't date ourselves, but tell us a little bit about you, Lydia, where are you from? And um, we're going to talk a little bit about your marriage and the marriage ministry during this podcast, but we want to get to know both of you first.
1: Well, I was. Uh, my name is Lydia, and um, I am a teacher now. I I met Candy in working in sales, so I've always been a communicator of sorts. I grew up in the Central Florida area, where I met my wonderful husband, and um, together we have five beautiful children, and so that's just a little bit about me. So yeah, I'm Greg King, and. I was actually I was born in
2: Texas and moved really? to Central Florida, so you might hear that in a couple of words that I say, my Texas Texas twang might come out, but it's all yes,
0: right. <laughs> yes.
2: And then uh, I was um, middle school and high school, and we that's where we our first were our past first connected in high school.
0: Okay, good. I was gonna say you, you were from, from Texas, but you went you came here in the yeah. school age around school age.
2: Yes, yes, and ahead, that's actually where. Yeah, where our story began. Actually we met in ninth grade and then we oh actually dated. Yes, yeah, so we dated in the eleventh grade. It uh, it took that was a little process. I um oh I had God. to I had to <laughs> pursue her for a little while. Okay. Uh, before before she came around. It was just about a year I guess. And, and then she came
1: in around. And my defense, in my defense <laughs> you will hear in this conversation, Mr. King is full of humor and laughter, and it's one of the things I love most about him. Oh. But I did not know he was pursuing me because I always thought he was joking. Right. When he... <laughs> right. So I did not know he really liked me. And so, yes, it did take quite a long time, which makes me look kind of silly that I didn't recognize the signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it that's made it a beautiful friendship. Yes, it was. He <laughs> a that yeah. is. That is.
0: That you got to see his character. And what you would eventually be blessed with. So, but even back mm-hmm. then. So, oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. um, now you guys, lit, you're, you reside in Central Florida, kind of on the mm-hmm. east side of Orlando.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're part of the ministry. Where you guys go to? Where do you attend?
1: Uh, we are members of Faith Assembly of Orlando. Uh, we are so blessed with our pastoral team and. Uh, we just have such a great support system there. Uh, they have really allowed us to minister, and we've grown and we've learned so much. Uh, so we really are are blessed to be a part of faith.
0: Faith is awesome. We we visited there um, when we re- relocated to Kissimmee, Florida. Um, and I'm saying states because people you know that are listening, this could be anywhere in the country. So so that they know kind of where we are. But um, yes. I visited, and it was such a blessing. It was a little bit of a distance from where we lived, so we we yeah. didn't uh, continue to go there. But oh my gosh, what a blessing that ministry is to so many yes. people. So, what are you guys involved in there? I know that you have you were talking a little bit about being involved and growing there. What do you guys do there?
1: Well, right now um, we we have a small group, and we really believe in staying connected and staying close with other families and other couples and other men and women individually. So we are small group leaders. We have a marriage ministry called Growing Together with the Kings. We're so blessed that we have couples that have been married 27 years and married couples that have been married 8 months. Um, so it's a really diverse group. We get to really learn and glean from each other and uh, grow together, literally all of us. Along the lines of that, we also have been a part of Faith's marriage ministry. So we Uh, participate in conferences speaking to families uh, that are blended families that have children we speak to that uh, parenting and within this year we recently have stepped up and we are actually the directors of the Living Free Ministry at Faith Assembly which is Mm -hmm. a ministry that offers small group style classes for divorce care, divorce care for kids and teens, boundaries, safe people, just the topics, uh, mm, things that we realized so that we had brokenness in our own lives, and that's how we got involved in the ministry ourselves. Is uh, We realized there were some things affecting our marriage from his previous marriage, from Greg's previous marriage, that hadn't really been healed. And so after we were married for four years, Greg signed up for divorce care, and that's how we be- became a part of Living Free, which is, An odd way to say, yes, I'm here, a part of divorce care, but I'm married now. Uh, It was a little humbling. It was a little, uh, I'm sure, embarrassing at times. But by him humbling himself and doing that, it really blessed our marriage. And it opened up doors that we never knew was possible to really help heal and help others. In their healing, praise God.
0: You know, I can't wait to get a little deeper into our discussion. Um, and even Lydia, you were talking about your your voice, and you know, it, it's a beautiful, raspy, sexy voice. So, Greg, you know, I, I think you know God is using this, even this, Yeah, you know, He works all things together Uh-oh. for our good. But there's yes. also there's, there's a story behind um, how you sound and we'll get into that but you touched on something and I want to turn it over to Greg to ask you a few questions about this a she said you had to humble yourself and and do this but how God has used you taking that step to get healing is first of all a miracle and I told Mm -hmm. you guys I hear I hear marriage full of miracles in my in my spirit as we were talking Mm -hmm. earlier but it was four years, so that tells me that there are lots of people out there, even people listening, that have been divorced, and they don't even maybe maybe they don't even know that there are fractures in their soul, mm-hmm. that there are things that they're that they're they're carrying. Can you talk a little bit about what made you get involved in that ministry?
2: Um, well, first of all, a plug: if anybody has any kind of issues with that, mm-hmm.
0: um, I think you can. People should go to
2: divorcecare.com. dot com. It's 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 international I mean it's 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 nationwide and if you go there it'll actually point you to the nearest class in your area. So that's not even our church it's like everywhere.
1: So that's wow. I think okay.
2: yeah so that's really cool. I think divorcecare.com or .org I believe. But so I didn't want to do it obviously but um what happened is that my um throughout my divorce um when I was divorced my ex-wife moved out of the city I was in. So at the time, that was um, she moved. We were in the same city for the first time, ever, and then that's when things were not the boundaries were not properly set because they never had to be. And then so, and then that's where a lot of friction with my with me and Lydia started happening. She said, "You got to straighten this out." And we um we just the ministry that what we found was divorce care, luckily it was at our church. And I started taking that, and it just started. I mean, I still, you know, still have issues, but it just started laying out like things that a proper proper things to kind of lay out the groundwork because mm-hmm. for healing and for a long time, even in my divorce, because, quote unquote, it wasn't my fault. I kind of, you know, took the high road for a long time, right. and then I actually, I had to actually take a step back and say, hey, I did some stuff wrong, and I was not fully fully vested because I kind of checked out. And it just made me like, okay, nobody's the bad guy. I did bad. She did bad. And now I'm just growing in the best way I can. And I think that was more important. I mean, that was just the biggest for me because I always kind of had a victim mentality in right. a sense. Right. And then taking it where, you know what, I was probably not the best husband I could have been. But right now, that's that's my goal now is to be the best husband I can be.
0: How would, would you say—because some people will listen, and they'll hear like a thousand, you know, amazing messages at church or in small groups, and I believe the Holy Spirit has to reveal it. But people could be saying right now, oh, that's not me, I'm good, we're handling our situation. How do you know when you have an issue, when you're talking about boundaries? Some of us don't really know what that is. What is? What are boundaries?
2: Um, I guess a, a real litmus test that you can use is that—now, this is just in general, boundaries— mm-hmm. Is that if you say no or, or or however you say yes, if you say yes to something and you walk away and you don't, and you feel like you had no control and you should have been, it should have been a no, and, and you were so compelled to say yes, and, and you don't know why yes is always the first, your first response, it's like where you have a lack of inner confidence of the relationship, the process, or something. Because then if you can't say no, then that means you're not confident enough in that relationship to say no. Because Mm -hmm. then, so that means that something is in. There's something that's not right
0: in that relationship
2: that makes the no or makes the no almost impossible to say.
0: Almost like you feel like you'll be setting off a time bomb if you say no. um, So Mm -hmm. you're almost obligated to say yes because of the behavior, the of or the response that you're going to get.
2: Right, and and because then when you say and then when you constantly say yes, then then let's just. The example of church. If you're constantly saying yes, and and you don't really have the time, then when you do those those tasks or those, it's not it's, you're not giving all you're supposed to give, and then and it's it's not you. So then your people look at you as like, oh, okay, they're not really that reliable. They they did it okay, but you should have said no and let somebody else step up and give their hundred percent when you only gave your fifty or twenty five percent.
0: Wow. So and we, can, um, we can shift gears and talk a little bit more about the relationship, but I, I think this is so important because people don't understand boundaries. I still am learning <laughs> about boundaries, even with my, my mom and mm-hmm. friends, and you know it's, it's not just you know in the marriage situation, but how did divorce care save or enhance your marriage? What's the number one way? I'm sure there's lots of ways, but what was the biggest way that it saved or enhanced your marriage? And you guys can both chime in on this
2: one. Well, um, the aspect of divorce care that I took was um, changes that heal, which mm-hmm. is a separate class too. But that was the one I took, and I think just looking at the past as a a plus and not a minus, and looking like it's like change right now is so important. And like, unfortunately, for some people out there, divorce is like the the cut the bad word of everything. But divorce for me was a blessing because it blessed. It it enabled me to have the marriage I have now, because mm-hmm. because I because I never saw marriage correctly. I never I never saw it correctly. So when I first attempted it, I didn't do it correctly. So now, so it was all that hurt of, of trying and actually saying that that was important. I was supposed to do that. I had to have that, so I can have what I have now.
0: Amen, amen. You know, I'm you gonna know. amen that
1: too, <laughs>
0: amen. <laughs> and you should. So. Uh, Lydia, you said something that was, it kind of struck a chord with me, because I know the feeling of, you said it might have been a little embarrassing at times. What, what, I know this is going to be kind of a a strange question, but is it the church, the church people, religious people, who project or judge or make others feel embarrassed? Because really, like you said, it's, it's become a blessing, but what is that feeling of embarrassment? Where does it come from?
1: Um, I think it's all of the above, I mean, truthfully speaking, because, well, I think, one, having to go to, in front of church leaders and admit, one, you know, some people who may not know you, yes, I was divorced, I think there's a stigma there, being divorced, and you're involved in church, and you're a leader, and you've been divorced, there's that stigma of, I'm bringing something broken, I mean, of course, that's what we all do when we come to Christ, but it just feels a little different. Uh, It's like I'm bringing something broken and I chose it. I chose divorce. But I think also it's just the the pressure of uh, preconceived notions. People just think Mm. you are a leader, so you should have it together. Otherwise, you shouldn't be a leader. And at this point, we were in active leadership in multiple roles in youth ministry and in adult ministries. And so to go back and say we needed help in an area as leaders, you know we we took a risk of are they going to feel like we're still qualified to be leaders? Mm. Wow. And I and it, and it really that became our platform to be very honest of what we operate in Now is that because we are leaders, we need to be supported and helped and held up and held accountable and constantly reflecting and constantly healing and growing even more so, I and mean, because. There are so many, I think, that are, are leaders in the church who are even pastors, that they have so much brokenness, but they can't go to anybody because they feel like—I I use the example of, as a, a prayer altar worker, I would go, and, and when it's time for prayer at the end of service, I'd go to the altar and pray for others, and there were times that I felt led. I'd see that nobody was up there for prayer, and I would see, okay, I'm going to go for prayer myself. I feel the spirit leading me that I need prayer. And then as I'm walking up, somebody says, Oh, can you go and pray for this woman? And I immediately (laughs) would redirect. And I immediately would go pray for that person. Now the Lord has always been so he's so faithful and so he ministers to me in my obedience Mm -hmm. to minister to others. But I feel like that's what we do in all forms of leadership in the church is we say, Oh, somebody else's hurt is more important than mine. And we we just divert and we distract ourselves in ministering to others, and we never really get around to getting healed ourselves
0: that I think somebody needs to hear that I needed to hear that you know um the judgment and and the religiousness i you know i I feel like i' I'm starting to see God's grace and understand God's grace. I remember when our pastor started teaching on grace, and it was something new that i like never i did not grow up as a Christian hearing the message of grace it was judgment and you know just being religious and I, yeah. I think i'm so free nowadays um just understanding grace and the grace giver and god never used perfect men in the bible men and women in the bible he never used perfect people <laughs> so Amen. how how we structure our the ministries today in church today based on perfect perception or perfect people it blows my mind because he did not he never did.
1: And I think that's changing. Fortunately for us, I think that's changing as I think generations now, because there is so much brokenness, people don't want anything superficial. They really want something that is, for lack of a better word, organic and real and not watered down and not altered in any way. I want to see your ugly truths to know that I can really share my ugly truth. That is so good. I think you're going to have to say that again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is so important to be real and honest, because if I don't trust you to know my real pain, I can't share my real pain with you if you don't really know, if I don't think you can understand it.
0: That's the truth. You know, um, I think walking through even the sickness journey,
1: you
0: can't really, really understand what someone who has cancer has gone through. Um, the way that someone else who has gone through it and come out the other side healed and or is still going through it. You know, I, I believe that in Hebrews, it teaches that we don't have a high priest who hasn't experienced everything that, we've, that we go through. He is the mm-hmm. high priest who, Jesus, has experienced everything, yes. um, even to death. And so, you know, um, I'm so happy for pastors that are teaching grace. And mm-hmm. like you said, the world's becoming more and more broken darker and darker and people are looking for that authentic person to lead them Mm -hmm. so um you know i want to talk about your your marriage and your life is full of miracles and so i want to go jump on three different topics i want to talk about the miracle of you guys meeting or meeting again and Mm -hmm. and getting married i do want to talk about the miracle of your healing and then the miracle of your ministry because there's there's a to be continued here, it's, it's thriving and growing. So start yes. with um, how you guys came back together.
1: Well, we, um, as Greg stated earlier, we dated in high school, and obviously neither, I, I say obviously, but nobody knows that. We did not know the Lord, so we were acting uh, out of order, acting grown, and in the world, mm-hmm and um but fortunately for us we Greg my relationship with Greg was my first real experience of real love and i say that even in in every sense even as parental you know we both grew up in a lot of chaos and trauma and so Greg was probably the first safe place for me even as a teenager and so i do believe that uh no matter how old you are you know love when you you can feel love and you know and you know it and so even though we did part ways, there was always that real safe place and love between us. And and that kind of continued throughout the years, you know, through various emails, we check on each other, how are you? Oh, I'm married, we you know, I got married, he got married, he had children, I I started having children, and so we stayed friends uh, and and we really respected each other's lives. And we were really sincerely interested in hearing the good in each other's life. Mm. Um, So that the year that it took to pursue me, I guess we built a really strong friendship in that Mm. time. (laughs) And that friendship just carried through a breakup and then it carried us through reconnecting and staying connected, you know, occasionally throughout the years. Uh, And then my husband who, some may know that I am the organizer, planner of the family, and my husband is the comic relief. And so.
0: That's a great team. I think every yes. husband, wife, couple needs that to balance.
1: Yes, it is a beautiful combination, I will say, but not so much when I'm not in the mood to laugh, but that's when I need it most. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was actually planning our high school reunion, and I had created a conference call for those who were interested in helping to plan. And all of a sudden, he jumps on the call, and he's like, hey, this is Greg. And I was like, wait a minute. You don't plan anything. Why are you on this call? <laughs> and that was me. And I was amazing. still living in Texas. Yes, yeah, so he's gotcha. in Texas, and I'm in Florida at this point. And uh, I think that was his way of starting his repursuit um, because then we started talking again, and... At this point, he was divorced, and he'd been divorced for a few years, and I was in, in the process of separating from my ex-husband, and it was a really weird time. Um, you know, we were still trying to put on a good face and work through things, but it was a tough time for me, but I had I had perfected covering up my ugly, and I think that's why the Lord has called us to stop covering it up, because that was my goal all my life, was covering it up. But that's how we did get reconnected, way it was at our high school reunion we saw each other, and, and it was one of those moments. Um, mm-hmm. It feels really romantic to say it now, and I can remember it. I can't remember a lot, but I can remember hugging him for the first time after all those years, and it felt like home to me. Oh, wow. Uh, and and I think that's when we both kind of knew there was something there that we... It fell asleep for a while, but it woke woken back up. So,
0: Greg, what was that moment like, just seeing her again and hugging her and... I know, you know, as women, we're we're in tune with our emotions, but
2: what, what was it like for you? Um, I guess it kind of didn't, it didn't feel like it was real because, you know, I know she was still, she was still, in, you know, technically married. So it's kind of weird, and I tell people this all the time, but, I mean, I'm a proponent. I do not believe in divorce, and I was divorced, you know, but I was just like, you know, it just didn't feel like it was real, like it was ever going to happen, but it, it was really, I, I felt very secure in, in a way that, wow, this is really nice. Mm. Yeah.
0: I, I love that. I I think, you know, I was just visualizing, you know, you guys at this, this um, reunion and coming together, walking together slowly and slow-mo, <laughs> 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 Embr- embracing each other, and that being the beginning of a miracle. And so, Lydia, tell me a little bit about restoration and how this marriage and, you know, he's your best friend and, and it sounds like he's always been a friend. Um, how did this restore you coming out of a marriage? And tell us, tell us a little bit about the blessing of your family coming together because you both have children. It is a blended mm-hmm. family, but you don't consider it blended. You're just one amazing unit, beautiful unit. Yes.
1: When he mentioned um, that he did not have a good understanding of marriage, that was really both of us. We both grew up with with so much misconceptions about what is a man's role, what is a woman's role, and so I went into marriage as a very strong. I was I didn't have any biblical understanding of marriage. I didn't understand what being the head of the house meant. I didn't under, you know I definitely didn't use terminology priest of the home. I didn't I didn't understand what all of that meant, but I was really operating backwards. I was a very strong and dominant woman, um, and my ex-husband was a really laid back guy, eager to please, very a, a good man. Uh, but we were just so out of order. So I think the first part of our healing and restoration was really once we did get married and we re- and we both really committed to having Jesus as the Lord of our lives, and we want to do life the way Jesus wants us to do it. He gets to say how we do this. Uh, Then we both really had to learn what it meant to be a man and a woman and a husband and a wife. And so that was really the first part of the miracle was really deprogramming all of those false notions and pretenses that we'd had from our childhood and even from our previous marriages, you know, things that we thought worked, but they really weren't working. They weren't right. Uh, That was that was definitely the first part,
0: Greg. What about you? What What are your thoughts on the healing aspect and the, that the marriage brought to your life?
1: Well, I mean, our
2: marriage had a. Um, I guess the main healing is that you know you are you are worthy.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, because when I was divorced, That's I just felt so. I felt so low. I mean, I was pretty. I was really low because just depression. That you know, I think. And then I guess in the black community, we kind of, uh, we feel that the, um, you know, depression is not really real. Like, you know, it's not a, and I, it's just a stigma, but you know, you kind of just low and you're, you know. So what we had is that, or for me, is that I felt like I was not worthy of love and I could not even, like I wasn't worth that. And then and then being married and having someone love me, like in an mm. unconditional, real manner in a way that actually super blessed me where i was like questioning like oh wow is and even that was i was worth that so it mm-hmm. that was the healing it, i was i was worth it and i still even sometimes i have to take a step back and say, i am worth it and as a a believer and as a person i am worth this love and this life
0: you know it's not often that we hear men say i i felt worthy of love and you, you know, that being the miracle that happened for you is huge. I, I believe men that are listening and tuning in and couples that are tuning in, we need to realize that marriage is all about restoration because that's what Christ right. did for the body. He was, re- You know, he restored us. He made us new without spot or wrinkle, without blemish. He makes us new. And so I never looked at marriage like that. And I think he just really, that that was kind of like mind-blowing statement right there that when you came together and you you realized that this was going to be a marriage, you also felt your worthiness to be loved. God gave you her as as a blessing because she's going to love you for the rest of her life. That's beautiful. Absolutely amazing. You know, healing is for the soul. It is for our mindsets. I think sometimes the hardest thing to do in life is to undo traditions and mindsets and ways of doing things. Like Lydia said, you know, I, I grew up in a household where my mom was definitely the strong one as well. And I thought that was fine. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with that? You know. <laughs> exactly. My husband, I hope that you guys get to meet him one day soon. Um, he's and he's definitely an A type, a strong A type personality. And that was not going to work and, and it didn't for the first <laughs> it's long time for the first like eight years of our marriage. It was, mm-hmm. and I kept doing the same thing over and over again, thinking I was going to get a different result. But um, I love hearing the progress, and so I want to get into the healing physically. So, Lydia, I want you to touch on kind of, you know, what is it to go through something in your physical body and have this person here. I mean, I'm sure it was hard on Greg, but just like it was hard on my husband walking through cancer with me. But how how did your marriage dynamic change or enhance while you were going through that?
1: This is where I guess some of our real vulnerabilities, and I think where, where I was such a strong woman, Greg, I think in the beginning of our marriage and probably for the first few years, he was very content to allow that to kind of like he would grow, but he was growing at a slower pace because I was so confident for the both of us. In, in a lot of situations, and so when it came to blending our family into one, all of our children were eight years old and younger when we got married. So originally, um, his biologically, his three children uh, lived in Oklahoma at the time when we were married, when we you know first started our life together as husband and wife. And my two biological children lived with us here in Florida, and um, I really kind of took the role of we are one family, and we're going to live and function as one family. And so I, I really threw myself into it exhaustively, mm-hmm. and and that gift of me teaching, uh, it kind of led me out of what I was doing in sales, and it led me back to finishing my degree, and then I started teaching which was another ministry I was blessed to be involved with. I was an elementary teacher at Faith. And and when that happened, our children, at that point, all five of our children came to live with us in Florida, and they were all going to school at Faith, and I mm-hmm. was teaching at Faith. And so, I mean, just saying it feels a little exhausting. I was a teacher. I had five. I had five young children at home, and my husband is my best teammate. But he also, we both had a lot of maturing to do, and we were both still really learning our roles. And so there was a lot of times where I felt like I was carrying a lot of the load, um, as far as like for our children's emotional health. I was really focused on: do they each feel loved equally? I wanted to make sure. My new stepchildren didn't feel any less love than my biological children, and I mean, it just, it was this constant worry that That's I had. Uh, it was It was a lot. It was overwhelming, and, and at times when I would share it with Greg, because he was not the man you are hearing now, hallelujah, uh, Jesus has really touched mm-hmm. him and softened his heart to be able to express his feelings a lot more, but mm. at the time, he was not expressive of his feelings, and it was just... Be a father, be a provider, you know, work and take care of your family, and not the emotional side of it and so I had that whole burden of blending these these children together and and it was exhausting and it exhausted me and so in in about two thousand and fourteen, I was teaching, and we had our children and i just I thought that the exhaustion that I was feeling was just linked to my life of stress because every time I would go to the doctors, they would say, well, you have a lot going on. You're really stressed out. You have a lot of stress. You need to relax and learn activities to help you de-stress. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, but this feels different. I'm like really exhausted. This is this is something different. And so I, I went for months visiting doctors and not getting straight answers and I started uh, taking my my students in my classroom. I'd take them down to recess, and I'd go back to my classroom, and I'd have to take a nap. I was so exhausted, and I just told my husband, like, there's something really wrong. This is not normal. Mm. Um, And so I went to endocrinologists, and still um, I literally would hear things like, if there was something going on, we would have seen it in your blood work, and everything is within the normal ranges, so things really staring out at us Um, and I heard that way too often but I just knew in my spirit that there was something not right because Mm -hmm. I was functioning in order you know Greg and I were starting to work more as a team because I was so tired he was starting to step up a little more and carry more of the load at home and so I knew that there was something else going on it wasn't just me being a tired mom and an overworked teacher. And so after some persistence, which is a whole nother testimony, um, I accidentally found out that I had nodules on my thyroid. And Mm -hmm. in 2015, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Wow.
0: Um,
1: And I did not have any idea what the thyroid did. I just always heard it was related to weight issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But it controls your muscle strength. It controls your brain and your memory. Uh, It uh, it controls your levels of fatigue. Uh, It it controls so many different things in your body. And so I finally had my answer, but it was an answer that I was terrified of because I am a young woman in my 30s, and I have cancer, and I have five children, and who's going to take care of my children? It was a really scary time, and it was really overwhelming because amidst all this um, 20 years About roughly, you know, 18 18 years before this, I was in a pretty bad car accident and I had broken my leg and my ankle. And so in 2014, I had also decided before my diagnosis of cancer, I had finally gotten approved to get my ankle replaced. My ankle was so bad, I guess for lack of a better word that I can think of, um, it needed to be completely replaced. It was just bone on bone. And Uh so I had no cartilage left, and it was just a mangled mess. And so I was the youngest recipient of an ankle replacement here in Florida.
0: Um,
1: And so I got diagnosed in May and got my thyroidectomy in May and got everything done so quickly. And I thought, okay, I can recover, and I I can handle this ankle replacement because I couldn't walk. I was in so much pain, and I just couldn't take that pain anymore. Uh, so I I had my ankle replaced, and I think that really just threw my body into something that I had no, I, neither one of us could have anticipated. I mean, cancer was scary enough, but then it just weakened mind. Going under surgery in such a complex and complicated surgery, it just weakened me so much more so that Greg had to do everything. And then I couldn't walk. So Greg wow. became mom and dad and housekeeper and cook and everything he became everything all at once
0: (laughs) i think i'm gonna have to get greg and darren together because um they've got to have some some kind of a support group i'm sure you have other husbands who've been through um some things but that is you know when you're mom it's like breathing you just do it all yeah is one thing But to have that thrown on you when that's not your normal routine, um, then to handle the stress of the diagnosis. I mean, our husbands are, thank God they're built sometimes with that not as emotional thing that we have as women because they have a lot to carry. They really do. Um, I don't want to cut you off, Lydia. I definitely want you to to finish your thought there. And um, I I just wanted to hear from Greg kind of what his emotional state was in going through this, too. But go ahead. Go ahead, baby. Finish. And then we'll go to me.
1: I'm good. You're, you can share. I mean, honestly, I just feel like, I think all the things I was really upset, you know, in, in the previous parts of, I mean, all I can keep thinking of is, I wish you would do this. I wish you would do this. And I think sometimes, you know, the Lord sends us signs and clues and tools and, and
0: here, mm. this is what
1: you need to do. And we ignore them. And then <laughs> we are, that's our doorbell. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but then we're pushed into the role that we're supposed to take we pushed into yes, it and I are. think for a long time I was asking Greg to support me more to help me with the kids uh, But I think I was asking for more and asking for help and it unfortunately took me to be completely Incapable because I would cover up for where he lacked. I would just cover it up. I would just over-operate mm. and um, so he didn't have to really have he never really had the pressure of having to step up because Anytime there'd be a little bit of pressure and I saw it starting to affect my kids, I just cleaned up the mess because I didn't want our children to suffer. And so he never really had to step up and operate because I never really allowed him to. I mean, and I I won't even say that he didn't want to. I really, I don't think I allowed him him to. That's
0: good. Um, I think some wives need to hear that, Lydia. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) We, We complain and complain and complain, but... Um, you know, it's part of that thing that we like. We're talking about learning the role of our husbands, the role, our role, and sometimes we do. We take on, we take on everything, and then we complain about it. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've all been there. And so for you, Greg, what you know when you heard. The diagnosis, and then you had to take on the responsibilities. I know we're coming to the end of our time here, but can you just briefly share, because I know there's some men listening that have gone through it.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, just hearing the news, because when I found out that she had cancer, actually, um, she went she went by herself to the appointment, because just so many different appointments, um, she had, you know, so just, we were just thinking, there's one more appointment that, you know, we're going to check, check off, and she doesn't have that, so she went by herself, so that that initial call that she had cancer, I was actually at work, yeah. and just her—the thought of her driving home, like just stay with me for—I mean, with the news, she was by herself, and I wasn't there for. Kind of, kind of fueled everything else because then we start going together to the doctors, and then I start understanding a lot more of her pain, of you know, you know, the different procedures right. of people saying no. But then it just it just took the care where she says, I did everything. I really I don't have a strong recollection of like doing everything. I just remember doing what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And and I just remember like praying sometimes and I'm just like praying like she would say, Well, I thank you so much. I thank you all this You know, she would tell me all these things because mm-hmm. what we what I was doing. But then I was just in, in my my spirit and my soul just I just spoke to myself and was like you know, I was built for this. Like, God made me for this. This time yeah. was not an accident. And so that's why, I mean, doing it now, I would be kind of, you know, but it just, I just felt, even looking back, I don't remember the two years of being like that mother, father. I just felt this is what my family needs, and this is what I'm doing.
0: It was like autopilot. And, and thank God yeah. for the Holy Spirit, because it's really Him working through us. Yeah. And so I just hear so many similarities. Lydia, we are really blessed. And I'm, I don't even have to tell you that. I'm sure you know that That there are there is women that i talked to in this last year or so that have had husbands walk away. And the thought of that is just mind-blowing to me, but their marriage ended when the diagnosis came. Mm. Um, and so this is not like easy, you know, you just snap your fingers and everything was, was high in the sky. This is a decision that our husbands make to stay, to take on the duties of a of mom. And it's it's such a miracle. I, it is such a miracle. I don't want to downplay that or under, underplay that any, in any way. It's humongous. But also, you know, you're here and you're, you're a fighter. And so to you for pushing through, but you're super strong. You're like one of the strongest women I know. So um what a power couple I should say. So I wanted to kinda of end our conversation on um we have a lot of local listeners as well and I want them to know about your ministry. I want to them to know a little bit about what you're doing and, and if they need support, can they get in touch with you or, or any of that? But just kinda of start with the couple's ministry as we wrap.
1: Well I think um I, I think kind of as we've shared, you know, we have so many ups and downs and even as a child learning how to cover up the things that made me feel ashamed about who I was and all those things have kind of come full circle because now the things that made me ashamed make me relatable and make me real. And that's what, that's what this world needs. And so I've become, I think Greg and I both are really comfortable in being ourselves. We realize that we we really didn't do any of this. You know, the Holy Spirit and the Lord is totally in control because none of it makes any sense. And I think we, we know that our, our marriage, it was, we both were so broken for so much of our lives, for the majority of our lives, that us coming together, we were brought together to heal each other and to heal together. And so a part of our ministry, you know, our marriage ministry is growing together, but it's healing together. And it's, taking yourself seriously because we are called to a purpose. We were created for a purpose in His yeah. kingdom. And and we don't want to be negligent and just think, well, I'm healed, so it's all, you know, I'm good. It's all about me. I am cancer-free, and I, I am healed in that way. Of course, I I'm, unfortunately, I still struggle with physical remnants, and so I'm not the woman that I was before, but I think that's exactly what God intended I don't want to be the woman that I was before because mm, I was on. dependent on myself and I was dependent on my own ideas and not I was not relying on the Lord's guidance and I was out of order in so many areas. And because I'm willing to admit that and women see me, you know, I I am a presence I guess to people. And so when they see me, they think I've got it all together and then when they hear me admit that I don't and they hear how hard things can be, I think it lowers their guard because men don't compare themselves outward as much as women do. We are so we we use one woman's success to to judge our own success. Mm. And, you know, she's a great mom and she works and she does this and you know, she does so many great things and she's even a good cook. I mean, you know, we can just lift and lift, and we're like, well, I'm only two of those things, so I'm not good enough, and that becomes our whole life, like that just, Mm -hmm. that trickles down into everything that we do, and so in our ministry, we are hungry, we are really hungry to see souls really healed for the Lord, because healthy people can help other people heal, and if you, you know, it's just like hurt people hurt people, healthy Mm -hmm. people, you know, heal people heal people, and and so it it is our passion and it drives us to see other couples find their healing healing in within themselves healing within their marriage and and healing really in the church that they can be effective and intentional and not just showing up every day and thinking that they're doing their best and they're not really getting any traction.
0: Oh, I love that. Heal people, heal people. We, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that. I love it. I believe that your hearts are so tender for God. And I can just hear the passion and the true desire to see people healed. Um, yeah, and absolutely. it's beautiful.
1: And so with that, we um, actively uh, do operate a small group, and we are on Facebook as Growing Together with the King. So if anybody does want to reach out to us, we have a small group page, and uh, they can reach out to us through there. We do meet twice a month for fellowship and and family time and prayer and and a word, most importantly. We are leading a marriage conference in June uh, in Jamaica. Uh, it is a marriage conference slash missions trip. We, we love missions. We believe in spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are so honored that we were asked to be a part of reaching the leaders and the pastors in Jamaica um, and ministering to their marriages. And I think that's why, you know, early in our conversation, we shared we are... Okay, being transparent leaders, you know, it's okay to show our ugly because it allows other people to feel like it's okay to admit theirs. And so we are just humbled that the Lord would would use us to minister in that in in such a capacity in Jamaica. That's
0: gonna be amazing.
1: We are so excited about it and looking forward to it. But we're really excited about what a healed pastor can do for his church and what healed leaders can really do for the body of Christ. I mean, that's what we are so really excited about is the fruit that is going to come from people really realizing some of their broken areas, realizing the areas that they need the Lord to heal them in, and then receiving that healing as a couple, and then really taking their relationship with the Lord seriously, taking their spouses seriously in their calling to minister to one another, and then also the taking the, the whole institution of marriage seriously, loving on other marriages, encouraging other marriages. I mean, so often we hear somebody complain and we're like, oh yeah, you know, your husband is doing the wrong things and he's not helping like Mm -hmm. he should. And yeah, your wife Mm -hmm. is kind of bossy and you know, you really need to put her in check. I mean, you know, we hear these (laughs) (laughs) agreeing with the negativity instead of praying for those husbands that are not helping enough. And and encouraging those husbands to love your wives because maybe she's hurting. That's why she's so angry. Instead of turning it around and loving on marriages, because that's what we need to do. We need because when when marriages are strong, families are strong, and when families are strong, just our the country, community, yes, <laughs> our country is strong. Our communities yes. are strong and they're empowered. And so that's our that's our heart, and that's what we are passionate about.
0: I'm pretty sure that people will want to know more. So I, I have a page on the podcast page is where I put all the details. It's Growing Together with the Kings on Facebook, right? And mm-hmm. then you also have the, the mission trip. Now, is that only for people who attend uh, Faith Assembly, or can anyone go on the website and look
1: look it up? Uh, they can go to org backslash go to see all of the mission trips that uh, the that Faith Assembly is involved in. Um, It is usually for members. There's like a a couple requirements you take a class because we want to make sure that you're going with the right intentions, with the right heart, and the right understanding. Um, So there are some requirements that need to be done in order. But being part of our group, you don't have to attend Faith Assembly. You can grow along with us, and uh, you don't even have to be a part of any church. You can just come and grow with us and and share your marriage and, and enjoy fellowship with us.
0: I love it. Well, I want to thank you both for being a part of this journey and conversation about relationships. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is about, you know, for those single people, hopefully they can hear the experience and know that it is a tough road. And I know that if we mm-hmm. knew then what we know now, <laughs> we'd be yeah. like brilliant, brilliant married people, right? We'd know everything, yeah, yeah. but hopefully they can hear from some of these stories um, and even the couple right before you guys who, um, the wife walked through cancer twice and they had their own challenges, but an intimacy was their kind of focus. And I believe healing is, is your focus. And so I, I'm just praying that listeners will take their bits and pieces from every story, whether you're, whatever position you are in life right now. And I'm going to uh, ask Greg, if you wouldn't mind to close us out in prayer. And if you have any last thoughts before we close to someone who's listening, who maybe they're, they've been divorced and maybe they don't ever want to feel like they want to open their heart again, or maybe they're just really in a, in a hurt and broken place. Um, if you can close us out in with some last words and prayer, I'll give our listeners a few more bits of information before we close.
2: Oh uh, yeah. I would just, uh, if someone's out there that's, that's divorced and they're kind of have closed herself off to, you know, love again. And some people have, I've heard it so many times I'll never get married again. Sometimes that might not be your calling, but just, be open, be open to the spirit and then let your marriage that if if you do walk into another marriage, that it is spirit, it, that, that God is in it and God lives in it and exists in it. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. he's there and you keep him in it the whole time. And I think then it'll be success. And I think mm-hmm. that's where we're, we're so thinking that we are, the we're going to make it work and you're, and we can, we can assist, but our, our main goal is to keep him first and mm-hmm. I'll pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you have spoke to someone's heart. You've softened it in areas and you've hardened it in areas, Lord. But you have done a work just with the word that we've spoken, Lord. Let your spirit exude in everyone that's here. heard this message, Lord. Let your spirit just live and awaken, Lord, where where you are not there. Just awaken in such a powerful way. And all we really have to really focus on is love. Lord, let us love your people. Let us love you. And let us let that be our life's mission, Lord, is to give you all of our love, Lord. And it just flows naturally from there. Oh, we just give you, we give you us at this moment, Lord. And we pray that you just live in us in a special way. And we just want more and more of you each and every single day. Grow in us just like we want to grow in our marriages. We want to grow in our relationships. But but let you that growth, the vessel, the 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 conduit that we do that with, Lord, we want to thank you. We give you all of our praise, all of our worship. Yes, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. I want to tell you that you're a beautiful couple, inside and out. I, I love I love doing these interviews. This is like the, the best part of doing doing this is getting to know how God is moving, and I believe you have the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, bringing healing to each and every person you meet. And so, you know, for those who are listening who want to know, we've been talking about a lot about spiritual things and the Bible and, you know, faith and Christianity, but you may be in a place where you're like, "Um, I don't even really know if I know him. I don't really know if I'm born again. I don't know if I'm saved. So I want to give an opportunity to you right now to know how do you get started. And it's very simple. You know, God has given us Jesus as paying the price for our sin and he's, He's standing there with arms open wide, and if you don't know Christ, it is as simple as asking him to come into your heart, and you can pray a simple prayer like this. God, I want to know you. I want to know your son. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Come in. Help me to understand who you are and to fall in love with you deeper and to have my whole life transformed. And I turn away from my sin. I truly want to be changed, and I want to be a new person. I want to feel new. And so come into my heart and be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And it doesn't have to sound like that. It can be in your own words. But invite him in. And I promise that is the beginning of healing. That is the beginning of a new life. And so Greg and Lydia King, I want to thank you for being our guests and for pouring out your heart we have to have you back because I think there's so many more topics um, talking about blended family talking about other aspects of marriage would you come back and be a guest in the future? oh it
1: would be our honor
0: and our pleasure awesome and to all the listeners I want to say thank you for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryan and until next time we'll talk soon love you all bye bye